This episode is sponsored by Stepmom Magazine. Guys, Stepmom Magazine is probably one of the only stepmom resources that I check out on a regular basis. It is an online magazine with articles from all the top step parenting experts on all things stepmom life. If you've been through it, Stepmom Magazine has covered it. The articles inside Stepmom Magazine are written by a hand-selected team of experts. Contributors are licensed therapists and published authors and stepfamily professionals who just get it. Stepmom Magazine also has eBooks that you can download if you're struggling with a particular issue, such as disengaging or dealing with the ex or having an R's baby and more. It is a super cost-effective way to get support and most importantly, reassurance that you're not alone. It is such a great feeling when you get the monthly email letting you know that the monthly edition is ready. The articles are always so timely. To subscribe, head to www.stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 to save 20%. Again, that's www.stepmommagazine.com and use the code JAMIE20 for 20% off. So you guys know I'm always talking about how on the days when I'm really killing it with work, my meals and home life kind of slip. Despite my best intentions on the days when I have lots of podcast interviews or coaching calls, we end up ordering takeout or scrambling to get dinner on the table before sports and all the things. But this fall, in an effort to get back in the groove, I am back on the HelloFresh train. So HelloFresh is a meal kit company that delivers everything you need to create delicious dinners from scratch to your door. So you spend less time meal planning, prepping, and shopping. They work closely with trusted suppliers to source fresh, high quality ingredients, and the meals are freaking delicious. It usually takes about 30 minutes to prep and cook, so it's super quick and you don't even have to think about what's for dinner. There are over 30 recipes to choose from every week, so you're never gonna get bored and you're always gonna find something that works for you and your crew. And the best part for us is the flexibility. So you can skip meals on weeks where it doesn't work for you or if you're on the go or, you know, you just don't feel like it. There's no commitment. So if you want to try it out, head to hellofresh.ca forward slash 16 FM and use the code Jamie 16 to get up to 16 meals free. Hellofresh.ca forward slash 16 FM and use the code Jamie 16 to get up to 16 free meals. Enjoy. Hey there, it's Jamie Scrimger here, and you're listening to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm a wife, a mom, a stepmom, a coach, a conversation opener, and a BS caller. Eight years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Look, don't get me wrong. I was madly in love. The kids were great. But being a stepmom is, well, it's just complicated. If you know, you know. As a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I went to the internet for support. But I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support I was looking for. Raw, real, solution-focused conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But it's entirely possible to thrive amongst the tough stuff. Each week, I will bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We're bringing you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Alrighty, welcome back to the podcast. Guys, this episode is so freaking good. I can't wait to bring this conversation to you. Today, we're talking to Ali Pintucci. And here's the thing. 
You know, when you're scrolling through Instagram and you come across a feed and you don't even know how you found it and you're like, oh my gosh, how can I be friends with this person? That's what happened when I found Allie's feed. She is no bullshit, tells it like it is. She shares the ups and downs of life and entrepreneurship and self-love and boundaries and anxiety and body image and PCOS and finding your place. Like the list goes on. And she's also an extremely talented photographer and entrepreneur. And she's just on this mission to keep it real and live life on her own terms, which I love. Now, if you're listening to this episode and something resonates, be forever grateful if you could just share it out on social. Let us know what you think. Let us know what hits home. Tag at Jamie Scrimger and at Ali Pantucci so that we can say hi and thank you for tuning in. I love connecting with you guys over on Instagram. It's like here, I feel like I'm just talking to myself, but over on Instagram, we get to go back and forth, which makes this whole process just amazing. I just love connecting. Now, just a reminder, my love language is words of affirmation in the form of iTunes reviews. So if you are loving the show, I would be forever grateful if you could head on over to iTunes, subscribe, tell us what you think. Only if it's good though. If it's not, remember what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Let's dive in. All right, Allie, welcome to the podcast. Hi. I always am like, how do you start these things? I ever like this is what my hundredth and like hundred and sixteenth episode, and I always feel like such a douche when I go to start the conversation because we've already been talking before we press record. There's been how many times have you started talking and then you're like twenty minutes in, and you're like, oh wait, is this the podcast? Should I go back? Like yeah. let's let's rewind. Let's rewind. <laughs> there's no there's no right way. However, it starts. It starts. It started. It started. So we're we're into yeah. this. <laughs> So, hey, um, hey, I have to say this interview is actually just super selfish of me because I have been following you for a while okay. and you were definitely my favorite person to follow on stories because <laughs> they're so freaking funny, <laughs> short and to the point, And I just love your no bullshit real attitude. So I was like, Thank I just want to talk to her and I think I'm going to record it because that will be how I can talk to her and, um, <laughs> we'll her and we can uh, just like shoot the shit and I can share it with my people. So welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Honestly, the internet is like the wild, wild west. Yeah. And I'm totally. sick of it. I am too. <laughs> I'm really sick of it. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Yes. Okay, it's called just the check ass stepmom podcast. Okay, just swear. checking because sometimes it comes out of my mouth and I'm like, either I'm in, never invited back or you have a lot of editing to do. <laughs> 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 yeah, the internet is like the wild, wild west. After I think I decided to open up about sharing a couple of personal journeys I went through, it's like people thought it was an invitation mm -hmm. to their advice and opinions. And I was like, mm, not really. So you get real comfortable once you decide to open that door and be more vulnerable, you realize how important boundaries are. Yeah. And sometimes boundaries are like, no, thank you. It's when people decide that <laughs> that's rude, <laughs> like me having a boundary is rude. <laughs> yeah. But them not listening to the boundary is rude. And then like, there'll be times where I'll be like, hey, thank you so much, but no, thank you. Yeah. And they'll be like, wow, you don't have to be a bitch. And I'm like, okay, hold on here. Back it up. <laughs> well, you know what? People message me all the time. They're like, hey, Jamie, how do you set boundaries without being like coming across as being a bitch? And... 
I think obviously you can, but I do think there are going to be people who, if you have strong boundaries, are going to think you're a bitch. Like that's just society. Yes. And, or more so, but I don't think that's the issue. The issue is why are we considered bitches for having boundaries? I feel like when you're new to this idea of boundaries, and I feel like most of us are, which is Mm -hmm. fine. But when we're new to this concept of boundaries, when you meet a new person, it's so easy to just be like, these are the parameters. Here's my backyard. Here's my fence. You want to come in it? You can come through this door. No other way. Mm -hmm. But you're looking at, for the most of us, existing relationships. Now we have to like go to people we've been around for a really long time and just say, just so you know, I know we've been friends or I know you're my mom or whatever, but there's a new way we're going to interact here. And that I think is really hard for people because we have now have to like reset expectations for interactions. So I find it more fascinating to feel that fear to be like, wait, why do I feel like a bitch for setting boundaries? Like, no. Mm -hmm. And if you don't accept that, that's totally fine because you're going to make my life a lot easier. (laughs) By not being in it. By not being in it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Just, you know what? I want to back up. I okay, want to dive I'm into sorry. this hard. I want to start a little bit and just hear your story. Give us okay. the lowdown on who you are and what you have going on so that people be like, okay, I do love this chick, but who is she? Yeah. Who am I? Great question. I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> who am I like today? Because I have so many personalities and like, what am I doing with my life? My story is really weird. And I'm going to try and give you the Coles notes and it's going to venture off on a little trip, but I promise it's going to come back to your question. So I am actually originally, I live in Vancouver. I'm originally from Toronto. And for the first big part of my career, I worked in sales and operations in the travel industry. Mm. And I did that for eight years and I was supposed to take a gap year out of high school and just landed into this career that I loved. And I traveled, I saw the world and it was the best thing until I learned that a lot of anger And resentment came from me doing something I hadn't wanted to do for a really long time. And that was sales. I'm so grateful I had that experience working in that industry. But I'm sure if you're listening and you've worked in sales, it can be quite draining. It's demanding. You're chasing money. And it just wasn't fulfilling for me. So I felt like I was in this downward spiral. And that sales job brought me out to Vancouver. I came out here for what was supposed to be three months to build a sales program for a travel company. And that was eight years ago. And I fell in love with the West Coast. But long story short, I got to this point where I knew for a few years at that company, I was hating what I was doing. And I kept saying, like, send me to the marketing team, send me to the marketing team. And everyone'd be like, no, you're too good at sales. Next thing you know, I'm like 23. I'm director of sales and operations for this company. You can't be mediocre in a role like that. You are responsible for not just keeping something alive, you're responsible for driving the entire business. And I was hating my life, absolutely coasting, having to give myself pep talks to get out of bed, to go into work. And I got fired from that job. And at the time, that was my identity. I started doing that when I was 18. I was, you know, 23, 24. No, shit, I was 25. And that's all I kind of knew. And so here I was 25 in Vancouver. And at that time, I had started a bit of a side hustle. I was working on some really exciting projects and I started using my camera a lot more. And my account on this thing called Instagram started to grow. (laughs) 
I think at the time I had maybe like 10,000 followers and it was back to like the genuine TVTs, the good old Instagram days where you knew if you posted at 7.30 with these like six hashtags, you were like, you're just climbing. And my account grew and grew and grew. And I had a local company reach out and actually backtrack. I reached out to a local company that I was an ambassador for, a local apparel company. And I said, hire me to do your social media, hire me to work in your office. And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) how about now? They're like, no. I'm like, okay, how about I have no job? (laughs) I work retail in your store until you hire me. And they were like, okay, they're probably like this idiot jokes on you. So here I am. And you guys need to know, I actually, if you watch my stories or you look at me on the internet, you probably think I'm this like extroverted, happy go lucky. I love people kind of person. Mm -hmm. I actually crumble. Like I have such bad social anxiety. I'm very introverted. I get drained really easily and I don't do well in social situations. I worked retail for 40 hours a week for... I don't know, seven, eight weeks. And the office that for this company was down the street. So head office would come in all the time. And I'd be like, hey, 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 but we're not hiring you. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll go back. <laughs> I'll go back. I'll just keep folding these clothes. <laughs> Until one day their VP of brand and product was like, hey, I saw your Instagram. And I was like, oh yeah. She's like, I love what you're doing. Do you think you could do what you did for your Instagram for us? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So there we go. I went from sales and operations in the travel industry to having zero corporate marketing, creative education background to now going in. Instagram kind of opened this door for me to now go into a company. So I spent a few years there and that was kind of like the foundation of my marketing experience. And to be fair, if you think about it, like there were no social media managers back then, like Mm -hmm. companies did not have social media managers. So that was kind of cool to be able to pave the way to kind of like be a sponge, learn the platform as it grows. Digital marketing was at that. It was pivotal. Like 2015, I think was a pivotal year for the transformation in the digital space for digital marketing, sorry. And so I did that. I helped build their community team. Then I took over social. Then I started taking photos. And then I asked if I could sit on their brand team to learn more about how branding worked. Then I started freelancing. Next thing you know, I end up at an agency. I last six months at the agency. I'm like, fuck this. I hate every boss that I have. Why? And I'm like, but I'm the common denominator here. So is it my bosses? Is it my environment? Or am I just doing something I genuinely don't want to do? And in between all of those years, you guys need to know I had tried to quit and freelance multiple times. And if you've been in that position, you know how terrifying that is. That fear of scarcity, failure, I'm not good enough. So I had tried multiple times and it hadn't worked. But after that six months at the agency, That was the biggest sponge opportunity of my entire life to be like, hold on, companies pay how much to do this? This is how a pitch deck works. This is the creative process. I'm now working alongside creative directors and art directors and working on these multi-million dollar projects. And I was like, I don't need this. So I (laughs) saved money. I was making great money at that job. I saved money. I quit. I started my own business. My ex-boyfriend breaks up with me three days later. My whole world crumbles. I literally can't go to a coffee shop without like crying. (laughs) And I sat in a puddle being like, how the fuck am I going to move on with my life? 
And that week was the best week of my entire life because my life started to go from here to there. So over these last three years, and now I swear I'm getting back to your your question here. No, I love this. Last few years, it's been this zigzag up and down roller coaster where I have these incredible highs and these insane lows. But it really has been this great journey of self discovery for me professionally, but also for me personally, because it just breaks you open and your face to deal with your shit very intensely. And you can either go down this path of ignoring it, knowing it's probably going to blow up at you, or You just deal with it as it comes. So these past few years have been great. So now basically what I'm doing is I started my own agency. We work with clients on branding, social media management, a lot of like social storytelling. So how do we make your social actually look really cool and like actually tell your brand story? So I kind of built out an agency of this great network of freelancers that I can pull to help me do great projects. And I can kind of stay in that role of like creative directions and ideas And kind of being like more of like a visionary because that's where my strength is rather than executing like graphic design. I'm like, I'm not the best graphic designer. So why would I pretend to be like you start to learn that the people around you always need to be better than you at what you do because that's how you get better. So I shift. Yeah, I like shifted my business to be like, why don't I just get the best people and then my projects are still the best and like they get work. I get work. Everyone's happy. It's a great system. And then the pandemic hit. I lost my whole business (laughs) and I was like, what the fuck am I doing now? So I started a podcast and I've been podcasting for free basically for the last year of my life. (laughs) So that's been great. Basically, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing and I actually love that. Like I'm in this phase of my life where again, the pandemic, and I'm sure if you're listening, you felt this exact same thing too. The pandemic was like you have some shit to deal with, we're going to make it really loud. And we're going to give you the space to do it. Mm -hmm. And what rocked me the most was money. I realized I was like tunnel vision for three years, basically building up to what was going to be the biggest year of my career, like 2020 on campaign calendar, I was scheduled to make a minimum of $380,000. That's without photo shoots, Instagram campaign. Like that's just from my clients. Wow. I lost every client in contract except for one and made $2,000 a month for seven months. That's a hit. And then again, it was like, oh, well now, now what do I do? Mm -hmm. So it kind of brought that question to me like, okay, let's rewind. If money wasn't an issue and you were sitting in piles of money and you had the opportunity to do that year again without COVID, would you take every single one of those clients? Not necessarily the people you're working with, the actual work, like the project. Would you take those clients? Hell no. I realized I didn't want to be doing half the things that I was doing and I decided to mask it by launching a business around it. So now I just feel like I've been talking for 47 minutes, but... No, just 19. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) No, but I love it. And I think it's really important for people to talk about this hard stuff, right? Because you know what I think is really interesting? Because even if you're super honest and authentic and real on your Instagram, you can't really be. People don't see like the all the struggles and like the ups and downs and things that you're going through, like the true rock bottom moments. People think I'm an Instagram, like I don't have a job. I get so many DMs being like, get a real job, you Instagram model. And I'm like, what? 
I literally have what? That means you're an influencer. You're influencing okay. people. Yeah, but you know, I think it's really important. I feel like you are definitely selling yourself short here because you've got a you've got some good stuff going on in terms of like your photography and your the business Thank that you. you have there. Like you're not sitting at home eating popcorn, no. not making any money. Like you've got a pretty cool gig. Actually, a lot of days I am doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you talked about yeah. your anxiety. Yeah. Can we dive into that? Because I have anxiety, but I notice that when I'm talking to other, it's just such a like broad word, right? Like what anxiety looks yeah. like for one person is so different than what anxiety looks like for another person. And I find it really interesting. I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and we all have anxiety. Like, do you think we've all just decided to put ourselves into situations where it's like the most stress and uncertainty? <laughs> like, what is that about? Yeah. I also like, and this might be something really controversial to say, but like, I always like to question, like, tell me about your anxiety because I honestly do feel it's become such a blanket term. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your anxiety. Like, are you nervous about the outcome of a situation because you have something big going on? Great. But do you live with anxiety? And I think there's like a difference because I live with anxiety. Me too. And it's not good for you. <laughs> no. You know, actually, I went to this, I don't even know what she's called. She's a seer. So it's like psychic seer, something, an energy yeah. picker upper. I don't know. I have a few of those. Yeah. She said to me, she said, your anxiety is so strong that I can't, she couldn't breathe around me because she was picking yeah. up my anxiety. And I thought everyone was living their life, walking around, feeling like they were going to have a fucking heart attack. Like yeah. I literally just so. thought that was like baseline normal for people. And it took me to like three years ago to really dive into that feeling. I thought everyone just kind of like keeled over the side of their bed, like feeling like they're going to need to go to the hospital for a heart attack on a regular, like anxiety attacks. Oh yeah. I got diagnosed uh, with depression and anxiety in 2016 because I was like starting to have suicidal thoughts. And that was the first time where I was like, I feel like I should tell my parents so that maybe I'm not doing okay. My mom was like, get on a flight. I flew home to Toronto. It was not good. I'd take a stress leave from work. I had to go see a doctor, go through all like, you know, the questionnaires, the tests, the blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I've been living like this my whole life, thinking that what I was feeling was normal. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's because people don't talk about it. And I think, again, it's like you're saying it's this blanket term, right? Yeah. So when someone says, oh, I have anxiety, well, what does that mean? Like, what, how does that show up for people? Like, how does that show up for you? Yeah. I think there's a difference between having an anxiety or nervousness around a situation or a scenario versus like living with anxiety. Because like, as you said, that shit doesn't shut off. Mm-hmm. I think I was listening to a talk from Joe Dispenza who said by the time we're 35, like most of us are just on autopilot. Oh. And I'm like, I've been on fucking autopilot for the last probably my whole life because some of my behaviors are so normal and routine that I don't question them. And it was hearing that that made me like really question it to be like when I'm sitting in bed and my brain's like, da -da 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 it's like nonstop or I'm on my phone checking the same three apps six times. No one's talking to me at midnight. Don't know why I'm on them. <laughs> but it's just these patterns where I realize, oh, wow, if I took a deep breath for a second to pause there, I can't breathe into my chest. It's so tight. Mm -hmm. Oh, my jaw is at one point my teeth chipped because I was clenching my jaw so bad. The TMJ. 
I had TMJ and all my front teeth started chipping and looking like puzzle pieces. P.S. Don't recommend that. It literally cost me like $7,000 to fix it. It (laughs) (laughs) Which in turn caused more anxiety. So I was just like, um, (laughs) but I started noticing all of these things. And the fact that that was my norm was not okay. For sure. Did you know the clenching? You can get chronic ear infections. Or ear aches. Probably that's why I have migraines. I didn't know. For the longest time, I kept going to the doctor, and she's like, you have swimmer's ear. You have swimmer's ear. Because I was having these excruciating ear aches that would just knock me down. And it took me three years to discover that it's literally because of my TMJ. Everything is just like so tightened up. Now, this might be a controversial statement. I don't know if we talk about Botox on this podcast. We totally talk about Botox. I've got my appointment tomorrow. (laughs) I have my appointment in a couple weeks. I put Botox in my jaw twice a year. Oh. It will change your life. You obviously don't get enough so you can't chew, but I can't fully clench. And my headaches go away. And it's it's interesting because now I'm like past that six month point where I'm like, my jaw is really hard again. And I'm clenching a lot. And I'm I'm waking up like having to massage my jaw. But after a few weeks after Botox, you can't and the pain goes away. And then your jawline slims out because that muscle's not jacked up all the time. Wait, I'm going to get Perks. a couple shots tomorrow when I go. Yeah. It's just like, please make my forehead not move and my jaw not clench. <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. You might have sticker shock, but it's okay. It's worth it. (laughs) Yeah. You have to get quite a few units in your job, but it's okay. It'd be worth it. All right. If you follow along on Instagram, you know, I love a good hoodie. I love a good plain shirt. I love a good plain sweater. I love a good neutral. I'm really about keeping it simple when it comes to my wardrobe. And I love to dress Reese the same. That's why I'm so pumped to partner with Austin Oaks. Guys, when I first had Reese, I struggled to find cute clothes for her because I felt like all of the girl clothes had unicorns and butterflies and sunshine and all those things on them, which is totally fine if that's your style. But again, I like to keep it simple. So when I stumbled upon Austin Oaks, I was sold. It's a unisex clothing line for everyone in your family. Austin Oaks items are designed and manufactured here in Canada, made from high quality, ultra soft bamboo cotton that is eco-friendly, sustainably sourced, and so freaking soft. Seriously, plain, solid, high quality pieces for your whole crew. Personally, I am obsessed with their adult bamboo hoodie in ivory and the bamboo crew in gray. And I just ordered Reese the same. You should see the cute outfits that my sister Brett got my nephews. Guys, I can't tell you how obsessed I am with all of their pieces. Cool thing is Austin Oaks ships to both Canada and the US. I highly recommend checking them out. You can get all the information, go shop at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash Austin Oaks, and then use the code Jamie10 for 10% off your order. You're welcome. What do you do to deal with your anxiety? Like in terms of like other than the Botox in your jaw? Yeah. (laughs) Other than mask it. Other than Botox in your jaw and I'm guessing you're probably on medication. I'm on medication. Would never go back. (laughs) You know what? I stopped the medication. I didn't like how it made me feel. I was on Ciprolex for a while for depression and anxiety. Now after getting off that, I started to be like, okay, how can I start to change some things in my life and and manage it? Because I don't feel like it's debilitating anymore. If it got to the point where it was at the same level as before, I probably would. I microdose 
with psilocybin mushrooms for anyone who doesn't know what that is. What does that mean? Like magic mushrooms, like mushrooms. Like hallucinating mushrooms? Yeah. So if you microdose, you don't hallucinate. But I've been microdosing. Disclaimer, guys, I'm not like a drug expert here. So like, please don't take what I say and then do it. Like do your research, please. (laughs) (laughs) But let's say you wanted to go on like a mushroom trip. You would take like a gram of mushrooms. But when you're microdosing, you're taking like a literal fraction of that like milligrams, like you're taking like tiny little milligrams. Now there are so many companies out there where you can literally just get the the pill. So you don't have to worry about it. Like before I was like literally having mushrooms and I would like put them on a scale. Oh my God, cut this out. This is not okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's schedule 35. There's a few other companies out there that will actually give you the microdose and you take it. I did it three times a week and I would cycle it. And you don't feel it right away. You actually don't feel anything. If you're nervous, take it on a Saturday. But (laughs) you don't feel anything. And it's kind of like a vitamin. Like you don't take vitamin D one day and then you're like cured from seasonal affective disorder. You know, it's like a vitamin. It builds up. And I just noticed I was like, I'm feeling so much better. Meditation. I took a weekend course to practice TM, like transcendental meditation, which I found helped me a lot. And I started tuning into, I just felt like I didn't believe in anything. When I mean that, like I'm not religious, I just, I just like didn't subscribe to any beliefs, like not even like universe. And once I started actually working, you know, after that breakup, I just felt like I was cracked open on my knees and I guess maybe it was a cry for needing something, but I started working with a couple of energy workers and that honestly changed my life. Mm-hmm. It was just a different kind of practice where I felt like I actually felt like it did change my energy. And I realized that I store a lot of energy in my body and I store a lot of stress and I store a lot of emotion and everything in my body kind of felt like this ecosystem. And when I speak about this, I sometimes realize it might sound like I know it all or I'm healed. I'm not. I'm in this practice of trying to integrate my shit every day because every day is a new day. And some days I feel amazing. And some days I feel like I haven't done a single piece of work in my entire life. And I have to start from zero. But you know, doing things like traditional therapy did fuck all for me. Mm -hmm. Traditional therapy for me, and this is my personal opinion, was the biggest waste of money, because it did nothing for me. And it got to a point where I'm like, why am I paying for this? I literally feel the same. I'm not feeling a progression. And that was the key for me. I just wasn't feeling like I was progressing. But then when I started doing cranial sacral therapy, when I started, you know, like friends were talking to me about somatic therapy and doing other types of work, my nervous system just felt like at ease. When I could work with certain coaches about doing shadow work and understanding that my childhood is blocked off and in my memory, I can't remember it and I don't know why and trying to unpack what those traumas might be because those have shaped the way that I see my everyday life and now I have to unpack it and I don't know what I'm unpacking. Like those are things that have helped me more because now I'm understanding what's causing my triggers and I can better manage them. So at the beginning it was like, take this pill And my days got easier. And they really did. And I'm so happy I did that. I had no other choice. I had to do it at the time. Mm -hmm. But now realizing, okay, I don't necessarily feel depressed. I have days, but I'm not in this perma cloud. But my anxiety is the constant. For me, it's like, 
you are on the go, you travel, you run a business, you have a podcast, you pitch, you put your life on the internet, you do all these things, you're going to have anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For you sure. Know? So how do we kind of look at more so your environment? And I feel like that's not talked about enough is what is your environment? What can you control in your environment? And maybe this is where we circle back to boundaries. Yeah. What can you control in your environment and what can you not control? And the anxiety usually comes around what you can't control, what you can't predict that unknown. And now how do we kind of be like, how are we going to make that feel less daunting? I love what you said there about how it's, you know, that didn't work for you. Like therapy didn't work for you. You had to do something else. And I do think, especially with social media, we look at people like, you know, I, I found therapy really helpful. It's not what I'm doing right now. It helped me in a moment and I I kind of passed that. I've been doing, again, the shadow work like you and just like really diving into energy and that kind of stuff. But knowing that there really is no one size fits all approach, like it's not about like checking off the box when it comes to dealing with anxiety. You know, I probably won't go off medication because I, I, it takes, it works for you. It takes the edge off for me. And I like don't really care about a lot of things that used to trigger me. And some would say that that is just like masking. I'm just like hiding from something. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I don't care. Um, <laughs> yeah, if I'm not snapping over shit that doesn't matter, it's a, improving my relationships and, I'm, and I feel better. I got to tell you a funny story though. So my friends just like die at this. So I'm super unorganized for the most part in all areas of life. But my big bag, my purse, tote, my pills were in my tote and literally they spilt all over. And because I'm lazy for like two months, I didn't pick them up. Like it's just so disgusting too. I would just go into my bag and take two pills out of the bottom <laughs> like every morning instead of doing that. <laughs> and then so one day my water bottle spilt classic in my bag. And so it was just kind of this powdered paste on the bottom. And this was like during Christmas. Yes, 100%. That's exactly what I did. So (laughs) I am literally waking up in the morning, licking my finger, (laughs) dipping it into the bottom of my purse, and then licking it again. (laughs) They're like, yeah, you for sure are medicated. You do not give a shit. (laughs) Oh my God. But have you ever been tested for ADHD? Yes, I have it. Okay. You know what? I'm going to get tested for it because I'm convinced I had it. Because as a child or growing up, you think you only have more. I feel like, was it ADD at the time, not ADHD? Yeah. Yeah. I associated as a child ADD with like kid bouncing off the wall, can't focus like this crazy kind of behavior where I'm like, I actually have a lot of the tendencies that match with that to the point where I feel like, you know, your life would be so much easier if you just did things in the moment. And I don't. Yeah. And I'm wondering if it's a creative thing, because I would say I think three of my girlfriends, all creative, just got tested, all have it. Mm-hmm. I bet. Do you know how I figured out I had ADHD? So I used to work for Children's Aid and we would do assessments and like that kind of stuff. You're like secretly doing it for Well, no, I was going through and doing the, yeah. And it, I was sitting in my office and I was like doing it for this kid. And I was looking through and I was like, what? It was like all of the symptoms 
were me. Yeah. 100%. So anyway, then I contacted my doctor and went through the whole process. But yeah, frig, like if my parents could have figured that out when I was a kid, it could have saved me a lot of, a lot of trouble. But like there's so many people who are walking around with this and who struggle. Yeah. yeah and you know, maybe that I wouldn't have been licking the paste out of the bottom of my bag. I was sitting, my dad was in the hospital at the time and it was this really like high stress situation. My sisters and everyone was really upset. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm good. <laughs> like licking the bottom of my bag. I'm like, I'm totally fine. Oh my oh God. My it's gosh. like the adult version of fun dip. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. All right. Let's circle back to the boundaries though. Like okay. I think that's such a good conversation, especially, you know, you're sharing your life online. I get it too. I'm kind of taking a step back from stories right now. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I just, they're driving. Sometimes I just, am like, I can't, I don't, I don't have it in me right now. Cause everyone has a freaking opinion. And it's like, as soon as you decide to share your life, People think that that's an invitation <laughs> to tell you what you're doing wrong. Like if I say good morning, someone's going to be like, you're sitting on the wrong side of the couch. Like I yeah. wait for it, you know, like I literally wait for it to come in. <laughs> yeah. And you're pretty good because you talk about a lot of things like you've talked about, like dealing with your acne or just like different strategies and stuff that you use. Yeah. And you straight up say, just so you guys know, like I'm not inviting any suggestions. I'm just sharing yeah. what works for me. The acne specifically was the one thing for me that realized unsolicited advice is not fucking okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally going to say it again. <laughs> unsolicited advice is not okay. But it also made me realize we all do it, including me. I'm like, wow, I give unsolicited advice all the time. And when you realize it stems from initially people think, well, I'm just trying to help. And it's like, once you can actually be open to understanding you're not helping, it's your fucking ego. It's like, I'm going to be a savior and tell you how to fix it. Mm -hmm. So one of the best things I had learned, and I think this is a great takeaway for everyone listening as well. The next time you open your mouth to tell someone how to fix something or cure something or change something, or you want to give an opinion, always ask, Hey, are you open to feedback? Hey, are you open to me sharing something with you? And that works in every, every aspect of my life. If a friend's venting to me about her boyfriend, sometimes your friend just wants to vent, Mm -hmm. let her vent. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm sure that feels really good to get off your chest. Do you want me to just listen? Or like, do you want me to offer some feedback? Not enough people do that. I didn't do that. But it was the acne for me where it's just like I had started social media to have one ethos for me. And my account originally grew because I worked in the travel industry. I traveled all the time. I'd shared this picture perfect life. But behind the scenes, I was struggling with depression. I was going home. I was starting medication. I was doing all this stuff. And it just didn't match up. So I started sharing these photos, but sharing a different story behind it. And one girl said to me one time, she's like, I'm so happy you shared this because I've spent years scrolling through your feed, comparing your life to mine, wondering what I'm doing wrong. And I was like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. So I made it my mission to do that. And somewhere in between 2016, 2017 and like a year or two ago, I really got lost the digital space was changing. I was changing. I went from shooting like outdoor landscape, this crazy outdoor hiking girl to now working in luxury travel and changing who I was as a woman, where I was like, 
always in activewear to like, I actually really like fashion and makeup. And like, I actually want to go in that direction with my image. But then I was like turning into something online that I wasn't really. And I kind of felt a little bit like everything was blurred. And then I'm like, you're so fucking far away from your brand ethos. It goes back to that, like being attached to identities. You know, you can still be someone who wants to dress a certain way and live a certain life and still be open and honest. And when I got diagnosed with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, it was a shock for me because my diagnosis meant in the span of two months, my entire face, like cheekbones down to my jaw, down to my neck was covered in cystic acne. And I put on 30 pounds in two fucking months. Mm -hmm. And for years, like we're going on year three, my skin is now clear, but that weight's still on me. So for three years, I'm walking around being like, I have no control over my body. Nothing I do works. I now have to show up online and pretend that my life's perfect, but I'm dying inside and I don't want to leave my house because I am now dealing with fat phobia and self-confidence and all of these societal pressures. So the acne for me was really the, (laughs) I was hiding a lot and now I'm like, you know what? so many women deal with this. Mm -hmm. So I can be a catalyst for normalizing this conversation, but also a catalyst in my own life for realizing that I'm, this is normal instead of like the societal pressures of like perfection. So when I started to open up to be like, this is what I'm actually dealing with. I felt better because a, I felt free, but B other women felt comfortable. I first read it was one in 10 women have PCOS, but it's more than that. I hear it all the time now. Every fucking girl has PCOS and there's different ways that women can experience it. But when I started opening up about acne, (laughs) have you washed your face with Cetaphil? Have you cut out dairy? Have you cut out dairy? Have you cut out dairy? Have you washed your face with Cetaphil? Have you gotten a peel? Did you see it? You should go see my friend. And I'm like, listen, Susan, you think I haven't cut out dairy? <laughs> you think I haven't washed my face? with Cetaphil? You think I haven't like fucking tried everything? <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants to be the expert on everyone else's life. You think I haven't tried that shit? It's been three years. The only thing I haven't done is stick my head in a bathtub of acid. So I'm not looking for your opinion here. I'm sharing my journey to update you on my journey to normalize other women feeling like their skin is shit. And I was anti-Accutane since the day it was introduced to me. And I said, I'm not fucking taking that drug. I'm not putting that poison in my body. I caved and I went on another brand of it, but same thing. And my skin is now clear. I'm still on it. And I wish I did it at the beginning, but I didn't. Whatever. We all have our own timelines. But then that invited all of the people. I thought I was just a disgusting human for pumping my body with poison. And I'm like, it doesn't matter what you do. Everyone has an opinion. Mm -hmm. Like you can either choose to feel the weight of what other people put on you Or you can say, I don't care if this is the internet. This is my space. Yeah. So if you're going to interact with me, you interact with me the way I choose you're going to interact with me or get lost. If you think I'm a bitch for saying that, don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't care. 
But the fact that like people just think they can come at you and like tear you down and not respect that boundary. If you're worried about that person calling you a bitch, like just recap what you're thinking there, like block and delete. Sometimes I'll even take screenshots and be like, look at the message I got today from this fucking cup of tea. (laughs) (laughs) Like my lips have been in absolute trauma. Like one of the side effects from the Accutane is that the inside of your nose can get dry. Your lips can peel off. And my lips will go through these cycles of being like snake skin and they'll peel off and they'll chunk off. And sometimes they bleed and it makes them quite swollen. I'm like, lately my lips have been looking super plump. I mean, I do have lip injections, but extra plump. And people will be like, what the fuck's wrong with your lips? And I'm like... Well, just so you needed to know, like, like who can mess? Like, this is what I don't understand. Like, you just message a stranger. Like, you took the time to make a fake account to ask me what's wrong with my lips. I'll tell you what's wrong since you're so fucking curious. But also, like, are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! I literally, I can't. Yeah, no. And and I think that's really important. And this is what I think is, you know, right now, like you said, the internet is the wild, wild west. Everyone has an opinion on everything, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just ready to jump. Like, there's just so many polarizing opinions. There's so many people who are just so angry and ready to lash out on people. And that have done the research. <laughs> who, yeah, who's like, they're obviously super, super educated too. But I think that this next movement is taking control of your space. Like saying like, yeah, yeah. you know what? I'm, I'm going to show up on online, but this is how I'm going to do it. And this is what this is going to look like. I don't care about the algorithms. I don't care about the rules of engagement. I don't care about what it's supposed to be because that's the new trend. Yeah. This is how you talk to me here. This is how I'm going to engage with people. And this is my space. I would love to be able to empower women to be like, yeah, boundaries does not make you a bitch. No, no. Period. And a sentence. My super, like, you know, like all my feminist friends are like, I don't mean that in a bad way. I've, I feel like we're all on some sort of spectrum of feminism here. I definitely am for it. I would say I'm a feminist, but I think everyone just has their own definition of it, which makes it hard to. <laughs> hmm. I think talk about it with a lot of people because just like everyone has their own way of how they view it. Some of my friends were like, we burned down the patriarchy. And I'm like, yeah, we, we gather at dawn. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) You read the mother wound or or healing your inner mother. No, it is such a good book. She's actually on the podcast. I think she was the episode before you, when you come out, it is such a good book about all of that kind of stuff. And the shadow work and all of that. Highly, highly recommend. Um, yeah. but thank you for coming on. This is oh seriously, God, you are, you are definitely a force and I'm so happy that you're sharing your story. And I, I don't even know how I freaking came across your feed, but I'm so happy that I did. <laughs> I love the internet. Like we hate it, but we love it. We hate it, but we love it. Yeah. Like I just think that the internet needs more people who are just being real, setting those boundaries mm-hmm. and, Still posting pretty pictures because I think that's also really nice too. (laughs) But also before we go to just add to that, you as a user have the ability to shape your feed. Mm -hmm. And it's probably not the first time you're hearing that, but like we heard it with diversifying your feed with the type of people that you follow in terms of like culturally, in terms of like body types, in terms of what people talk about, like diversify your feed, but also if anyone just doesn't make you feel good, unfollow them. And if that's like a trigger for you, I'm going to hurt someone's feeling, mute them. You have control over what you consume. 
So if you're not consuming enough of a certain type of attitude or inspiration, like that's on you. Mm-hmm. 100%. So yeah. Preach it. So good. Where can everyone find you? You can find me over on my Instagram at Allie Pintucci. You're I'm sure we'll put that in description because if you tried to spell my last name, it would be a lot. Yeah, that's why I had you say it, not me. (laughs) You can also listen to me ramble on all the time. I have my own podcast. It's called Unfiltered with Ali Pintucci. And we just create a really fun space for important conversations that women should be having with their best friends. So we talk about kind of like this, entrepreneurship, spirituality, sex, breakups, like literally everything, all that fun stuff. Nothing's off the table. So Botox. We talk about Botox for sure. For sure. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I think everyone's going to be super thrilled with this conversation. Oh, I'm excited. So thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in. You guys know the drill. If this resonated, share it with someone who you think will love it too. And if you haven't already, I would be forever grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. And if you're craving more stepmom content, want to connect with me and stepmoms from all over the world and get access to exclusive content with all my favorite experts, be sure to check out the exclusive stepmom community, www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. Members also get access to my online magazine and can listen in on coaching calls with fellow stepmoms, www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash membership. Love you guys. We'll chat with you next week.